Well, hey there, and welcome to the first episode of the new First Reformed podcast with me, Jim Curtis, the assistant pastor at First Reformed Presbyterian Church, and I'm joined soon to be, as always, by our senior minister, Brent Horan. Say hey, Brent. Hey there. Uh, Brent, we're excited to have you here. Um, Before we jump in and dive into the podcast, I'm going to make a a decision here. I don't think First Reformed podcast, like, rolls off the tongue. We We need a name... That that just kind of flows. Uh, I totally agree. Have you come up with anything that was worth? I just gave you what I came up with. So so, what do you have? I got nothing. I'm like the least creative person on the planet. So uh, and we've only been talking about this for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So after hours of discussion, we have not come up with anything good. Well, let's um, let's as a first order of business, let's let's kick it out to the to the people, to the listeners, get them involved on some level. What do you think about that? We'll uh, we'll put it out to you guys and ask you guys for thoughts on what what should we call this? What name should we give to this podcast? Speaking of this podcast, uh, Brent, I just wanted to go through kind of what our plan is, right? Um, just to talk through various topics in uh, theological, exegetical realm, right? Talk about the Bible, talk about passages in the Bible, but also some practical ministry stuff uh, in more of a question and answer format where, where I'll just toss some questions at you, you give me some of your thoughts, uh, and we'll see how it goes. What do you think? That sounds great. Well, I'm excited to get started, especially given the fact that you know, we're in quarantine. Uh, pretty much the whole nation, I guess, at this point uh, has been given a stay at home order. And so um, really excited that we could do this, right? That we have the technology to do this. Um, even though the the times are unprecedented for us, it's not for the church. So I'm excited that we can get some hopefully good content out mm-hmm. to our people during this time. Um, but speaking of quarantine, are, are you surviving? <laughs> do you still like your house? What's going on up in Pittsburgh? <laughs> Oh man, I guess um been sort of uh quarantined for the past what two, three weeks, like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um I've probably spent a few hours at, at the church um here and there. But for the most part I'm here. Uh I try to get stuff done before anybody wakes up because once everybody's awake, it's a little harder to work with a four, now five year old and six year old mm-hmm. uh in the house. Um but we've been enjoying the the spring because everything's getting green something you're mm. missing. Um, the mm. weather is changing. Everything's sort of coming into bloom. And so there's some, that's good and bad. I think somebody made a comment to me that if this uh, quarantine had happened over uh, the dead of winter, it would have made this much more difficult, you know, not being able to get outside at all to see yeah. the sun, uh, get some warmth. So um, that part's been good, but also the, the bittersweetness of that, of uh, not being able to do all the normal things we do. Uh, yeah. during the springtime. So we're, we're doing well. Uh, you know, all we're doing is going to the grocery store mm-hmm. when we have to and um, trying to uh, stay away from as many people as possible, which is the <laughs> exact opposite of what ministry usually is, as we'll talk yeah. about. But what about you? I know, um, you know, you and I've talked a little bit about uh, what life has done in Charlotte. You've been mm-hmm. gone now for a while. So uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on down there. Yeah. So, um, Madeline and I did the math this coming Friday. We'll, uh, we'll have been in Charlotte for a month, um, staying with her parents, uh, who are just incredibly, incredibly gracious and patient with us. And we're thankful for it. But uh, we initially came down for what was supposed to be a week, uh, for her spring break. And it's turned into to something far longer. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when we left, there weren't a whole lot of cases. And then, 
you know, within a few days, uh, all of a sudden stay at home orders were coming out and that sort of stuff. So we're still down here. We, um, we left a refrigerator in Pittsburgh completely empty. (laughs) So, uh, uh, grocery stores around here anyway are, are uh, in dire need of supplies mm-hmm. most days. So um, we're uh, we're happy to kind of just be in place for a while. Um, and like I said, I'm pretty thankful for the technology. It's been wonderful to to do all sorts of stuff with folks in the church to, I mean, from phone calls to Zoom calls and the things that we'll talk about today mm-hmm. um, and in ministry. I'm thankful for the technology to be able to do that. So um, Brent, talking about the the ministry aspect and the ministry angle. Uh, I wanted to, to kind of today just go through a couple questions about what ministry at FRPC would look like. Now, um, you know, we're doing a couple different things than we normally do. Uh, some of that I think we hope to continue. Some of it I think is just kind of here for the time of quarantine and those sorts of things. And so uh, I'm just curious on some of your thoughts on the new things that we're doing. We're obviously not doing some things, right? Um, you know, there's obvious stuff. We're not gathering together on Sundays and there's, I think, right. really good reasons to do that right now. But there's some other things that, that we could be doing that we've just chosen not to. And so I think it might be beneficial to to hear your some of your rationale, maybe do a little theology if our hearers will uh, uh, be great to do that. Uh, and then just want to talk about pastoral ministry and what that would look like. So um, let's start with the with the blog. I think uh, the blog's been going strong now for a couple weeks. Uh, I've seen some fruit. I've, I've heard a lot of feedback, uh, positive feedback from people. I'm pretty excited to be a part of it. Walk me through kind of your decision-making process of, about the blog, what you hope it to be, and and where you see that going in the future. Yeah, I say that with the blog, um, you've heard me say this a thousand times now, but um, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. I've had hmm. uh, three or four years of, of trying to get something like this started. I've told our session multiple times, I want to try to get a blog where I can maybe take some sermons further or or whatever, just another way uh, to communicate, another medium of ministry. And um, it took a pandemic for <laughs> me to get a blog started. So um, I, I've been enriched by it. I've enjoyed the the writing process. It's it's a little bit different than, than a sermon in, in many ways. And I've been thankful, um, you know, all of us have been able to take part in it. Um, you and Spitzel and Widener. And as you said, I, I've heard good feedback from it. I think our people are, are being fed through it. It's just an opportunity for us to read Scripture together, uh, consider our circumstances, and um, have the gospel, again, applied to uh, our difficult circumstances here and now. And so, uh, as you as you kind of alluded to, I, I hope it's something that continues. Um, mm-hmm. Even though it, it took a pandemic, I'm hoping that when this is over, that we continue, probably not daily, which is what we're doing right now. Uh, but maybe it's something uh, that is uh, once a week, twice a week, uh, some way to talk about various issues within our denomination or uh, go further from uh, a discussion you've had with somebody or a sermon. And uh, I'm excited um, that kind of getting that up and going. Yeah, I think it's been a wonderful exercise for me uh, just to to pen some thoughts, you know, when we would normally be doing Bible lessons or sermons, um, you know, and, and even Q&As, right? I've missed those from our mm-hmm. evening services. Yeah. Um, just talking about substantial uh, uh, scriptural, biblical, theological topics. Um, it's been it's been good for my quarantine brain yes, right, yes. To, uh, to really stretch that muscle. Well, and you mentioned time. the question and answer. Um I think the blog could be a nice medium that if people had questions, uh, mm-hmm. if they were to ask us, and then we could say, you know what, I'm going to take that up in a blog post. 
Uh, so I want the people of our church to feel like they have a, a stake in it. So feel free to ask us something if you'd like it addressed. Mm, that's a great idea. Hey, speaking of uh, other avenues for them to ask questions and get answers. Um, what are we doing right now? We're doing a podcast, right? I mean, podcasts are new and hip yeah. and kind of young and, and all that stuff. Walk me through some of your thinking and I'll give you some of mine if you're interested um, in, into why we think this is beneficial, why we why we want to do this and make this available. Yeah. Okay. So opposite the blog, I'd never really considered doing a podcast. I listen to podcasts. They seem difficult. I, I um, and appreciate a lot of the work that goes into it. And I figured this would be something uh, that we wouldn't have as much time to do um, and we'd probably never get up and running. But at the same time, wanted an opportunity for people not only to read what we say, but hear our voices, you know, for them to be able to hear um, and hopefully, you know, over the coming weeks, we can get uh, the other two gyms involved in this, maybe some uh, some of the elders uh, and just sort of mm-hmm. do some Q&A that they hear from us. They hear our tone on what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully they're um, they're hearing our longing to be with them as we're discussing mm-hmm. various things here. So mm-hmm. I just it's just another medium. You know, what we're missing is perhaps video, but maybe nobody wants to see our faces anyway. <laughs> um, so we've got a written medium. We've got an audio medium. Maybe next is some form of a YouTube uh, video devotional or discussion or something. But right now, um, this is, you know, kind of the next step for us. So I'm excited to see where it goes uh, to entertain a bunch of topics and questions and just sort of banter back and forth on them. Yeah, I think uh, the podcast was probably more driven by me on some level, right, to try and get this up and running um, just because, uh, you know, we're doing a youth podcast, right? So right. trying to make my my youth lessons available, and I've, I've gotten some good feedback on that, and um, just trying to continue some semblance of normal, right? Mm. Um, try and make that available to people. And so, you know, I, I, I do think tone and, and conversation is important, but I also think, you know, there, uh, there may be some people who, like me, just may not be that inclined to, to read blogs, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I listen to a lot more podcasts than I do read blogs. And so uh, I think uh, having that variety and, and just trying to meet a, a broad ministry goal in that way to try and, mm-hmm. and get something to the most amount of people as possible is actually really important. And so I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. If for no other reason than, you know, you and I get to spend some time talking about theology. That's right. <laughs> uh, and, and like you said, get some, get some other uh, folks at, at the church on, on board with this. So we're also doing some, some zoom calls and encouraging uh, elders and parish groups. And, um, you know, we're trying to get some youth stuff up and running on, on zoom or, or Google hangouts or, you know, Skype, whatever is the, the newest and latest and greatest. Right. Uh, talk to me about some of your thoughts about those things. I mean, we both know some drawbacks. We both know some, uh, some beneficial reasons to do it. Talk to me about your thinking about those sorts of things. Well, I think uh, we did a Google Meet, right, for our session meeting. We've done a couple of those with um, the rest of the elders, and that's been great to see faces, um, be able to see their facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that discussion, I think one of the things that we all agreed that was so obvious for us to do was first to begin calling our congregation, right, as much as possible. Uh, what's the first thing that we can do in ministry? Let's just have uh, some conversations with people over the phone, um, make sure that they're doing well. Let's make sure that their their needs are, are being met as much as we mm-hmm. can right now mm-hmm. and just be able to find ways to pray for them. And so that was sort of the first line of 
of defense, if you would, or maybe even offense. Let's let's jump in and and be in mm-hmm. contact with our people. Mm-hmm. So they should know that that our our elders are are interacting and, and calling uh, the people every week or every other week or so. Um, and then sort of the next line is um, these Zoom calls. I know you've done a, a couple with some of the young adults. Um, <laughs> we've done some prayer meetings over that. I think that's a great avenue for seeing each other and and having fellowship as as um, odd as that is in some way. Or, you know, there's only so much fellowship you can have without being in the same room. Mm-hmm. And we've also considered, you know, doing that for our Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Um, to let people see each other, hear each other. Maybe book studies can be done that way. We've talked about that with my book study. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just kind of held off for now, but it might be a direction we go, just depending on how, how this uh, all turns out. Yeah, I think uh, if if I heard correctly from Madeline, one of the ladies' Bible studies has actually done one or, or maybe even a couple. And so, you know, I'm I'm just excited that a lot of that initiative is being taken by people mm-hmm. in the church, right? Mm-hmm. That this isn't really kind of a top-down approach, but this is a, a need that I think our people recognize. Uh, and that's just really encouraging to me as we shepherd and minister um, through, again, kind of unprecedented times for us, right? Mm. Um, to, to know that they still want that, to know that they're still driven to, uh, to interact with each other. Um, I think there's a, there's a deep desire for this, right? Of course, yeah. all the time. But now that right. we're in isolation, that's right. I think there's a it's almost like we're uh, a starving, we're hungry, mm-hmm. and um, it's one of the reasons we need to con- keep contacting and, and be in, in some type of contact with each other. I know that this has mm-hmm. been going on, like you said, apart from any kind of um, even asking of leaders in the church, there's people in the church that are checking in on each other. They are uh, helping each other in various ways, and there hasn't been some type of program put together by the church. This is just people loving on each other. Uh, in the body of Christ. And so that's been um, really encouraging to see uh, the people love on each other at First Reform. Yeah, so the common thread, right, going through the blog, the podcast, the Zoom calls, the the face-to-face, the phone calls, and those sorts of things is interconnectedness. Right. Right. Um, you know, the, uh, the theological term we would use is the Catholicity, right? Mm-hmm. That we're missing that sort of gathered, unified, um, kind of universal membership together in something greater than just uh, a club that meets once a week, right? Something right. That, that actually makes a difference in people's lives. And I think you're right. I think we're starving for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I hope that that just results in us gathering together again in uh, sweet, sweet fellowship here in a few weeks and uh, hopefully singing our lungs out, right? That's and, right. And really digging back into the Word and, and getting back to life as it should be on so many levels. All right, so we just went through why we are doing some new stuff, and I, I think that's, again, the general thread, right, is the connectedness. But there are some things that we've we've you know, consciously chosen not to do. Uh, and I think the first obvious one is, is a live stream. I think we're seeing a lot of churches do live streams. I think, uh, you and I would both agree that there's pros and cons to doing live streams. Uh, but FRPC hasn't had one, doesn't have one to my knowledge. I don't know that we're really on track to get one. So walk me through kind of your, your thinking and rationale there, uh, on, uh, on live streams. Well, I think the first <laughs> part to discuss here, maybe just some logistics. Um, as a church, we've not been doing it, and it's not something we're set up to do. It would uh, take some significant resources, but time, uh, energy, uh, financial um, um, 
resources for us to do this. And it's not something we're planning to do going forward. So mm-hmm. it's sort of, you know, if we're just going to do this for the interim, um, you know, for right now, at least, we've decided to hold off on that. And you you know about this. I think you saw it. Uh, one of the tweets that was going out the first Sunday that everybody was starting to live stream, somebody said, hey, be sure to pray for your pastor this Sunday as, you know, he live streams for the first time and tries not to allow his service to look like a bin Laden capture video. <laughs> and that is exactly right. Um, I think there's probably been some, you know, there's a learning curve with this. And I think that a lot of churches basically set up a camera and, and went for mm-hmm. it. And that, mm-hmm. that's good. But I, I I know for us, I just felt like we were not in a position to do this and do this professionally, especially mm-hmm. when you got churches like uh, we've been sending people like to Christ Covenant or to Parkside. This is something to do on a regular basis. Right. Multiple cameras. They got great sound and everything just looks great. It's about as good as it's going to get. So. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, those angle. are churches that, that just regularly do them, right? I mean, they're the ones who have gone through, I mean, years. I know Christ Covenant, and, you know, I knew, knew the interns at Christ Covenant when I was mm-hmm. at RTS. I'm sure you knew, you know, the ones that were there when you were there. I mean, they, they've they been doing live streaming for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so they've been able to work out those kinks. They've been able to, you know, get the internet and the bandwidth that they need to do those sorts of things. You know, um, and I'm actually, I'm hearing, since our previous conversation, I'm actually hearing that YouTube is actually kind of restricting that all of a sudden and now you're having to do premieres. And so a lot of churches aren't even doing live streams now, but they're pre-recording everything and then, and then premiering it um, and that sort of thing. Um, but just, you know, as a quick anecdote, when we got here, everything was starting to shut down, right? And so we were able to, to go to a church service the first Sunday we were here. But since then, we've been live streaming, right? Because there's good reason to, I think uh, you'd agree with that. And so We've seen a couple of different churches and a couple of different ways they've done it. And, and one of the churches that we've seen now multiple times is a church that has done it for a long time and that they're set up to do it. And another church that we've seen is a church that's, like you said, right, just starting it, just grabbing a camera, just kind of getting an account, putting it online. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, it was it was so distracting with as many technical issues as there were. Uh, it, there were everybody and their cousin was trying to get on YouTube, first of all. Mm-hmm. And, and second of all, right. Um, uh, broad portions of the, of the live stream, I couldn't even hear, I couldn't actively engage in anything mm-hmm. and so on. And so, um, yeah, I, th- I think, uh, it's really important for us to consider the technical angle. Is there anything further than that though? I mean, talk to me about live streaming worship services, mm-hmm. right? What is, what does that mean? Can we do that? Yeah, I think uh, the theological questions, just the idea of um, worship, uh, what we think about live streaming worship in general, uh, some of those have really um, become hot topics uh, on blog posts um, and through just some various discussions, people trying to get their hands around what that really is. And before I say anything, just, you know, just a little disclaimer, um, you know where I'm going to get this from, from Dr. Kara, that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, live stream isn't uh, all bad. It's mm-hmm. and, and not all live streams are all bad. I'm sure right. there are some live streams that are bad. We would not want to send our people to. But just understanding what is going on in a live stream, what's going on in worship, um, thinking some of that through, probably uh, for me, some of the reason uh, I'm in many ways, uh, not at least right now, uh, in favor of doing a live stream is sometimes what that might say to your people. You know, um, there are some churches that are still calling these worship services and they're inviting people mm-hmm. into worship. 
And I want to be very clear uh, with our people, and I and I you see other pastors trying to be clear with their churches as well that this really isn't worship. This is not corporate gathered called worship that they're coming to. They are watching something that's taking place. There's uh, something edifying about it. There's a, a perhaps a songs or confessions or prayer or a sermon or whatever all uh, the a church is doing. And I think it's possible we could be sending the wrong signal to the church that this in some way replaces or is even a possible substitute for corporate worship. Everybody knows that being together is better than not being together. But the way I want to think about it is I actually want to think about a live stream service as a whole nother category, not even close to corporate worship. It, it doesn't even come close to being corporate worship at all. Um, I want people to think of it as more like like this, what we're doing as a podcast, or um, even as just like a YouTube devotional, if somebody were to do it. It's on that level of a thing. It doesn't even uh, reach the level of a category of, of corporate worship. I mean, there's churches out there that are, um, some of them are even uh, starting to do the Lord's Supper um, mm-hmm. online. And we're not going to do that. And I think that's one of the actual proofs that this is not a corporate worship setting is that we would all say, Mm -hmm. and especially in our world, the Reformed camp, that to have the Lord's Supper, you need to be in the gathering. You need to be present physically with each other and not being able to to do that. You're not in a corporate worship, so therefore you cannot do the Lord's Supper either. Right. So before we get to the Lord's Supper, because that is a topic that I think we're seeing a lot of churches do, I think there are some um, legitimate questions about the Lord's Supper and what we should be doing right now, should not be doing, and those sorts of things. I just wanted to kind of revisit this. So live stream, not bad, right? To, to, to right. quote you, quoting Kara, right? And, <laughs> and so live stream, not bad. It's, it's edifying. It, it fits more into maybe what we would call a discipleship mm-hmm. uh, category that the Bible has. Cause I mean, obviously the Bible doesn't have a category for gathering virtually, right? right. There, there's, there's just no way that we can kind of fit that into the biblical framework, but also just the importance, right? I, I'm, I'm struck in thinking through some of this by some of the, the New Testament in particular, the commands for worship, right? I'm thinking here of, of Paul in, in Ephesians 5. He says, addressing one another mm-hmm. in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And it's interesting that the angle that Paul takes there is because he's he's really concerned with what we would call the horizontal dimension of worship, right? He's really concerned with me and you hearing mm-hmm. each other, hearing each other glorify God as an encouragement to my own singing as an encouragement to my own uh, uh, worship of God, right? And so we sing songs to the Lord, but in some sense, we address one another in that way. That's right. And so we can't do that from the comfort of our own home. We have yeah. to be gathered together. And so, uh, you know, I hear you and I hear others, I think, making a really good case to to not re- try, at least, to replace the irreplaceable, Right. Right. This is not something uh, that we can do right now. It's absolutely fascinating to think. Now, I, and I don't want to speak for every place on the planet right now, <laughs> but it would seem that corporate worship, the gathered worship of God's people on the planet has ceased. <laughs> that is absolutely fascinating. Now, I do know there are some churches that are still meeting on some level <laughs> and bringing people, but for the vast majority um there is no corporate gathered worship taking mm-hmm. place. And I think some of the elements you're, you're pointing out there, especially with the singing, I think of sermons. 
Sermons are an event. Sermons are something that that take place in the corporate worship where I see the faces of the people. They see mm-hmm. my face. We mm-hmm. interact. Um, one of the toughest things uh, about a sermon is a sermon is not really a monologue, right. it's an, but it's an interactive monologue. You're interacting with the people. The Spirit right. of God is with you. And there's no substitute for that. Even if you just were to go listen to a sermon online, Mm -hmm. you weren't at the event. You're just sort of getting information, although you can be edified and you can learn and those types of things. So I I really want us to think of worship as something that's so special that there's, let's use the word, I think I might have used the word, it's irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that we send the signal. So if we ever did something, at least this is where I'm right now, if we ever did something like it, I'd want to do something that didn't look like worship at all. Hmm. Um, I know there's some that have good uh, intentions, um, desire for people to feel comfortable, for them to stay in the rhythm. I've heard a lot of that language. Um, I'm a little different. I I tend Hmm. to think I'm okay with us being uncomfortable, missing worship. I want us to desire it so much that we know we're not getting it. Hmm. And I'll tell you right now, anybody that watches a live stream knows it's not even close to the same thing. They're missing so much. And so... Instead of trying to feed them something that is, um, that is, we're trying to make it look like it or feel like it is, let's just go mm-hmm. ahead and say, look, it's not something we can do, mm-hmm. but we can do something that looks like this. It's just different. And so mm-hmm. I'm okay with us sitting with this ache and this desire for it so that perhaps you've kind of alluded to this before is that maybe when this is all over, we say, you know what, we need the church, we need worship, we need the Word of God to be in front of us as much as possible, and maybe there's some of us that have not as been engaged with the church. Um, you think about First Reform, we both have morning and evening, we have Sunday schools, we have parish groups, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe we've only taken part in one of those, and maybe at the end of this, we've been aching so long to hear the Word of God, to be in fellowship with each other, that we engage on every level because we realize how much we need it. And then we never take it for granted. I say never. I know that it won't take long for us to get back into that routine of just, this is sort of what we do. But I really want to, um, so I, for my reasons, I really want people to understand what this is, um, what we can't replace. And I'm okay with them sitting in sort of this tension and this uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I think the, the the normal category where they're not a global pandemic going on, right, making us think through some of this stuff mm. uh, in that unprecedented, quote unquote, way. Um, I, the normal category we talk about this would be providential hindrance, right? We, right. You know, in blessed Pittsburgh, um, when it's supposed to snow and, and <laughs> it, apparently it doesn't. Um, but but every now and then I hear of this magical thing called snow up north and, and how sometimes it shuts things down, right? We would call that a providential hindrance and we wouldn't try and, you know, live stream or something like that as a replacement for it. We would recognize that the Lord in his wisdom and in his providence has hindered us from doing the normal. Mm, that's that exactly it, right. It was him, right? I mean, we need to recognize and remember on a whole host of levels that the Lord is still sovereignly in control, Right. that the Lord is still moving, he's still acting, and he's still working. So speaking of all this, right, you are, you've already brought up the Lord's Supper, and I don't want to kind of belabor this because I think uh, uh, our listeners maybe don't want to hear us geek out about the Lord's Supper for the next <laughs> two and a half hours, right? But I'm seeing churches do the Lord's Supper, quote-unquote, virtually. Right. I'm seeing churches that are saying, hey, you need to go get some bread, go get some wine, go get some grape juice, whatever. Get your own elements and join us this coming Maundy Thursday. Right. Um, 
for for communion uh, service, quote unquote, online. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing some churches try and bless the sacrament or the, the elements of the sacrament, and then take it to their people, mm-hmm. and then do it virtually online. You know, First Reformed has made the conscious decision not to do either of those things and to simply not do the Lord's Supper in the midst of all this. Now, you have a high view of the Supper, right? You love it. You It's it's a weekly thing for us at FRPC, and I think that's wonderful. Walk me through the tension, right, of loving the Lord's Supper, wanting it so often, but we're not doing it. Why would, why would we not do it? Yeah. Well, I think the, the most obvious way to answer that one is, is if I don't think we are in corporate gathered worship, then we, uh, by definition— uh, necessarily cannot be doing the Lord's Supper because the Lord's Supper does not happen outside of a corporate worship service. Mm, yeah. So, you know, you know this when we take um, the Lord's Supper to shut-ins or people who haven't been at church. If somebody asks to have the Lord's Supper brought to them, what do we do? We we have a miniature worship service. We go mm-hmm. and there's a little mm-hmm. preaching of the Word. We'll have the uh, a TE, a teaching elder and a ruling elder, and perhaps some other people gathered together and the saints, and they that's how we're going to administer the Lord's Supper. It's in the, uh, the gathering of the saints. And so since we can't do that, then we can't have the Lord's Supper. And I think that also sends a signal to people. Um, there's things we're missing with the table. When you've got uh, the instruction mm-hmm. at the table, you've got the fencing of the table, you've got the setting aside of the elements, A lot, all that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So um, I've really kind of seen the uh, churches that may have a different view than us, perhaps a more memorialistic view of the Lord's Supper, uh, be more uh, willing to do this. In mm-hmm. our circles, uh, very few that have a, you know, what we call the the spiritual presence of Christ, uh, the Westminster uh, Confession view. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know any right now that are planning to do that. Uh, and just sort of jumping off something you said about the providential hindrances, I think it's important. Um, I appreciated something a pastor said about this that. Um, are people not having this burden or feeling in some way uh, that they're dishonoring the Lord because they can't be in worship? Mm -hmm. This is the providential hindrance angle, right? Mm -hmm. If somebody has the flu, they should not come to worship, and they're actually breaking the Sabbath commandment Mm -hmm. by coming into worship, putting other people into uh, harm's way, which is obviously would be breaking uh, the sixth commandment. Right. And so there's multiple things that keep us from being in worship, and uh, the, the Lord makes provision for that. There is grace. And um, so, as you said, we're in that situation right now. And so along with corporate worship, the Lord's Supper, I'm hoping that we are greatly desiring to feast on Christ, mm-hmm. right? It's something that the first day we come back, and we have that bread and that wine mm-hmm. or grape juice, um, we'll understand, man, we have really missed, it, missed mm-hmm. tasting this mm-hmm. uh, with God's people. Right. And, and I appreciated um, some of the things that you and I have talked about just personally on the Lord's Supper. Um, and, and one thing that I think maybe even in our own conversations we, we've missed is, you know, as soon as this um, uh, kind of threat or uh, this, this illness, this, this pandemic as soon as that danger goes away, we're not going to unduly just continue, right? We're, mm-hmm. when, when the threat of, of violence, when the threat of sickness, when the threat of pestilence, when the threat of whatever it may be goes away, we come back together, right? Mm-hmm. And so that is the goal. That is the aim is that we are coming back together. We don't know when it's going to be. We're trusting the Lord in His timing. But that is something that we are going to do again soon mm-hmm. uh, because 
the Lord himself says that at the Last Supper, right? Yeah. He will do this with us. He, he, it is certain that that's going to happen. Right. So I appreciate your thoughts on that. Um, all right. So we're running out of time here. So talk to me about pastoring and, and just ministry in general. Give me some, some nuggets of wisdom here on what does this look like in the midst of a pandemic? What is, what is ministering? How has ministering uh, uh, kind of taken shape for you uh, during this time? It uh, has really caused uh, us, I'm going to speak for me in particular, just to um, not rethink, but sort of refocus uh, energy uh, right. of where I am um, putting my time and energy, where I used to spend a lot of time with people, right? You know this. We do breakfasts. We do lunches. We read books with people. We talk to people. We, I still do some of that over the phone now, but there's no physical mm-hmm. contact. Mm-hmm. And so now my energy's been put into the blog. It's been put into things like this. It's thinking, how are we going to care for people uh, in a way that we would have, we, we do care for them, but perhaps the emphasis mm-hmm. on the way we care for them, whether it be uh, mercy ministry needs, mm-hmm. uh, like diaconal needs, uh, which we fully expect. Um, it's just sort of um, the emphasis or where the time uh, and the resources are put is different than it was before. Mm -hmm. And I've said this to you, I'm hoping um, that I'm picking up some good habits on some Mm -hmm. things that perhaps I wasn't doing before Mm -hmm. that I'm seeing the benefit. I'm like, man, I wish I'd been doing that before and I can continue those. Some of these will be perhaps just for this particular time. And uh, I'd imagine it's going to change us in multiple ways in how we care for God's people. Mm -hmm. I'm not, not in some you know, grand way that it changes everything, but I think it's going to be helpful um, in a learning process here. Yeah, brother, I think those are some really good points. And I just want to say thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. Uh, Excited to see where this goes. I'm really excited to be a part of the ministry here at First Reformed. Uh, Really looking forward to getting back together more than anything. But um, until then, brother, thanks for your time. uh, And thanks for uh, your input here on the podcast. Hey, Jim, thanks a lot for all the work you put into this, getting this going. Um, I'm really looking forward to other times where we can sit together like this and talk about life and theology and practical things. So um, thanks again and uh, can't wait. Yeah, speaking of those, uh, if you're listening to this and have some ideas for a name or even questions for a Q&A podcast coming up, uh, we'd love to hear from you at office at frpc.org. Until then, please continue to check out our pastor's blog at www.frpc.org slash blog. You can also, if you're a youth family, tune into our youth podcast at www.frpc.org slash youth. Until then, I'm Jim Curtis the assistant pastor at FRPC here with Brent Horan, senior pastor, and we'll see you later.